chapter 11. We'll be picking up this week at verse 27. We'll be going through verse 31. The author says, by faith, he, speaking of Moses, left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him as he who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as though on dry land. But the Egyptians, when when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. These few verses out of chapter 11, the faith chapter, are chronological. They span quite a bit of time, but they are chronological in their presentation. As with most of the people and the instances mentioned in this chapter, they are very familiar stories to us. Stories that most of us have heard from little up when we were kids. These are some of the Bible stories that we heard. Once again this morning, as we continue through the faith chapter, we're going to do somewhat of a flyby on these verses, on these accounts. Children, this morning I have an assignment for you. Don't worry, there's no grades. I think you'll actually enjoy it. I'm going to encourage you this morning to choose one of these stories. And we've got some big ones here. We've got the parting of the Red Sea. We've got the walls of Jericho coming down. I'm going to choose, challenge you to choose one of these stories and draw a picture of it. Draw a picture how this would, how you vision, envision this in your minds. And as you're drawing that picture, think about the faith the trust in God that it took to face the reality that you're drawing. Now, after the service, I'm going to encourage you to give me your pictures. And I'm going to have my wife or somebody describe them to me, so I'm looking forward to that. Can you guys handle that assignment? Are you awake? (laughs) If you don't have a pen or a pencil, ask your parents, ask your neighbor. I'm looking forward to it. Well, in these accounts this morning, there are two leaders represented, Moses and Joshua. And as we go through our flyby, we're going to focus on the faith that not only the leaders had, but also the followers that the children of Israel had to have in their leaders. Now, your outline in your bulletin is exactly the same as last week. We look at the act, the reason for the act, and the reward. Now, we're not going to follow that strictly this morning, but I encourage you to keep those points in mind as we look at each of these accounts and as we bring them together. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning. Lord, we thank you for this text. We thank you for this truth. We thank you for this chapter. 
We thank you for the gift of faith that it teaches us about. Father, may your spirit guide us this morning as we continue to grow and learn together, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Verse 27, by faith he, Moses, left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as as though seeing him who was invisible. Moses had actually fled Egypt two times. The first time, he was fleeing from the Pharaoh who wanted to kill him for killing the Egyptian slave master. The second time, another Pharaoh wanted to stop him from taking the children of Israel with him and leaving the country. Neither of these times was easy. Remember, we talked about this last week. He was leaving a life of luxury for a life in the desert. The first time, the king just let him go. The second time, the king, as we read this morning, tried to pursue him. Pharaoh tried to pursue him. It was not an easy task that Moses took on here. But he had a much greater challenge. That challenge was fear. Fear within himself, the challenge within himself. The text says he was not afraid. But his potential fear came from the wrath of the king. Everyone has to face fear. Unbelievers have a much greater challenge before them. Believers, we have God with us. Fear is one of Satan's most effective and therefore most used weapons. We are afraid of being perceived as different. We're afraid of losing our job, our reputation, or our popularity. We like to be liked. We're afraid of criticism, often from people that we don't even respect. Well, then there's the big fear, FOMO, the fear of missing out. Well, we need to do it just because everybody else is, and if we don't do it, then we're not going to fit in. We're going to feel like we missed something. Moses was doubtlessly tempted to fear, but he didn't. Yes, the first time he fled in fear of his life, but that was in fact a healthy fear. God had a purpose in his leaving to protect him, to prepare him for 40 years. The second time, he left Egypt determined to follow a better way. Now, the Greek word translated left here is a very strong word. It's not like you left for work or you left for a trip or you left for a lunch date. He did more than just walk away. He turned his back on Egypt. Everything he had known for 40 years, he turned his back on it and walked away. And everything that it represented. Moses Moses forsook everything to follow God. He was not deterred by Satan's use of fear. 
Now let's be clear. A number of individuals, some listed in this faith chapter, struggled with fear. Abraham also was afraid of being killed by an Egyptian king. And some years later, by the Philistine king, because of his beautiful wife, Sarah. It was because of his cowardice. But it was because of his beautiful wife, Sarah, and afraid of what they would do to him in trying to get her. In both cases, he lied. Abraham lied instead of trusting God. The disciples were afraid of the storm at sea, being a part of the promise two years ago and again this year to see them act out that scene, to hear them, to hear their their responses. It, it, It brings that to life. To know what they were facing, the fear that they did, and this the calmness that came over them when Jesus said, be still. And then they were rebuked by Jesus for their lack of faith. Peter was afraid of criticism and arrest, and he denied Jesus three times. These men's fear cost them. It cost people that followed them, and it cost Jesus. But it didn't change God's plan in any way. Fear is an immense pressure. It is a force to be reckoned with. And all of us are tempted at times to bend. I wish that I could say that I wasn't. But I was reminded again this week that I am. Fear is real. Fear is a challenge. Fear is something to be overcome. But it is something that can be, that has been defeated by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we fail to overcome fear, it is because of a lack of faith. But fear is very, very real. Praise God that he is sovereign. He is in control of everything despite our weakness. When standing for God requires us to say or do something, that is unpopular or even dangerous. You've heard me say this many times. I don't think we really face this in our country that standing for God is dangerous, but that day is coming. True faith doesn't fold under the world's pressure. Fear didn't work on Moses, at least not when God called him out of Moses. He knew that he had an invisible but powerful means of support as seeing him who is invisible. He walked by faith and not by sight. He knew that no matter what happened, whatever he had to face, he would be held up, strengthened, sustained, and rewarded. Psalms 27 verse 1. Moses believed what David wrote. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When Moses wanted to leave Egypt the second time, 
and take all of the children of Israel with him. He not only went against the king, against the Pharaoh, he also went against his own people. When he first told them of God's plan of deliverance, they were thankful. Exodus chapter 4, verse 31. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshiped. But when Pharaoh made things worse on them, when he got more intense in response to the plagues, every time Moses made a demand, he got more and more strict. He demanded more of them and gave them less to accomplish it. They turned against Moses' leadership. Exodus chapter 6, verse 9. Not very far away from the last verse. Moses spoke thus to Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. Pharaoh, the enemy, had weakened them and broken their spirit by fear by hardships, by struggles. Then in Exodus 14, 11, later, they would say to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Then in verse 13 of Exodus 14, and Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall never see again. Moses knew what was coming. He knew the threat of the Egyptians was going to be wiped away by God. But the people didn't believe him and they didn't believe God. He had both the Pharaoh and his own people against him. But he was afraid of neither. He continued to say what God wanted him to say and do what God wanted him to do. He was a faithful leader. The responsibility he had, the mountains that he faced... My prayer is, as a leader, I can remember that and not forsake that and not forget that. How many times do we fall apart or back down in face of a much lesser threat? I already listed several earlier when I was talking about some of the fears we face, fear of missing out and all those other fears. How many times have we backed down as a result of our fears? when we are afraid of the world, when we are afraid of what people will say or do, when we have a lack of faith in God's plan, when we allow man to guide us instead of God, we are opening ourselves up to God's discipline. Discipline, not punishment. As long as we have breath, it is discipline. He is trying to teach us, longing to teach us. He is not the problem. We are. 
Faith rejects. Faith rejects the world's pressure. Whatever it may be. Verse 28, chapter 11. Now we begin to talk about Moses' faithful leadership. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Moses' faith encouraged him to be God's spokesman to the Hebrews. Through his faith, Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover. This was the last of ten plagues that devastated the nation of Egypt. The Hebrews followed God's instructions given to Moses to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. The blood was from a lamb that was slain as part of the Passover meal. That night, the firstborn son of every family in Egypt who did not have blood on their doorposts was killed. The lamb had to be killed in order to get the blood that would protect them. This, of course, foreshadowed the blood of Christ, the lamb of God, who gave his blood for the sins of all people to give eternal life. Chapter 11, verse 29. The next act of faith. By faith, under Joshua, the people crossed... No, this is under Moses, I'm sorry. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as if on dry land. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. It was by faith that they walked through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. This sight of the Red Sea parting and the requirement to walk in to this seabed that had just been flooded and to walk in there between walls of water far above their heads on both sides must have been absolutely terrifying. Kids, I hope you, maybe that's one of the things you chose to draw. What does that look like to you? As we close our eyes and we try to picture it ourselves. You know, we've been to those aquariums. I don't know how many of you have been to Ripley's Believe It or Not down in Gatlinburg, where they have those glass tunnels where you walk underneath and the fish are going over top of you or the Indianapolis Zoo when the dolphins are swimming right around you. That's pretty cool. But you've got a very thick glass wall between you and that water and those fish. There was no glass walls on the sides of this path through the Red Sea. It was water. You have to wonder, did anybody walk over and stick their hand in it? I doubt it. But what have you been tempted to? Just imagine that scene. In many ways, it's unimaginable. But through Moses' leadership and their own faith, the people of Israel walked ahead. They had to have faith to follow Moses through there. Yeah, they had the Egyptians behind them. But they could have turned around and said, hey, okay, hey, we're sorry. 
We'll go do whatever you want us to do. We're not going through there. But they didn't. By faith, they followed Moses between those immense walls of water on the dry ground that had just been flooded. And they were delivered from Egypt. The Egyptians did follow, but not in faith. They were intent on capturing the Israelites. There was nothing honoring God in what they were doing. And as a result, all of the soldiers in the army drowned. If the Egyptians had faith, they would have let the Israelites go and trusted that God would have provided for them. Because they had become very dependent on the Israelites to do a big portion of their work for them. But if they had had faith, which they had none of in God, they could have let them go and trusted that God would have provided for their needs or maybe they would have actually been able to accomplish what needed to be accomplished. But all of that is a moot point because they didn't have faith. Ultimately, God will punish those who don't have faith in him. He disciplines us, desiring to bring us to a point of faith, but ultimately he will punish those who don't have faith in him. It grieves him, but he must punish those who don't have faith in him. Those who walk in faith, even into seas of difficulty and fear, will find their faith rewarded. Now, as we go through these accounts chronologically, these accounts of faith, the wilderness wandering of the Israelites is skipped. It's not mentioned. Because between the Red Sea and the crossing of the Jordan, they didn't have a lot of faith. They didn't demonstrate their faith. In fact, if you remember from our study of Hebrews chapters 3 and 4, the people didn't exercise faith during this time. And they wandered around because of it. They turned what should have been a short journey into many, many years because of their lack of faith. And ultimately, only their descendants received the promise, the entrance into the promised land. After the wandering, however, we get to verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. After they had been encircled for seven days. Now, that command to march around a walled city for seven days must have seemed ridiculous. I try to imagine that. They come up to this city. It's fortified. There's, there's people inside that are ready to attack them. And what did God tell Joshua to tell the people to do? March around the city for seven days. At the end of the seventh day, blow the trumpet and the walls will all fall down. That seems pretty outrageous to me. But we know it happened. And it happened because by faith, Joshua led them. By faith, they followed him. They marched around that city seven times and the walls fell down. And it says the people believed God and they followed his instructions. Their faith encouraged them to follow Joshua's leadership and obey God. And when they obeyed God, they won their first victory in the promised land. Verse 31, 
as part of that conquest of Jericho. It says, by faith, Rahab, the prostitute, makes that point. By Rahab, by faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. When Joshua took God's command for the taking of Jericho, he sent spies to investigate the defenses of the city. And in doing so, they met Rahab, who hid them. She was a Gentile. We know that because she wasn't a Jew, but we know she was a prostitute because the Scripture clearly states it. This was no person with this spotless, holy past. She was a Gentile prostitute. You can read the story in Joshua chapters 2 and chapter 6. But she demonstrated her faith in God despite her past by taking care of the spies and by trusting God to spare her and her family. Joshua chapter 2, starting in verse 9, we have a very clear explanation of her faith, the reason for her faith. This is her speaking. I know, I know that the Lord has given you, the nation of Israel, the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us. Now she's using plurals. She's meaning everybody in that land, everybody in Jericho, they feared them. She knows that the fear of you has fallen on us. And that all of the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. They've heard reports. And they had heard how the Lord had dried up the water of the Red Sea, something that had happened years ago, before you, when you came out of Egypt. And we also heard what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan. To see the two kings that you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. And there was no spirit left in any man because of you. They were broken. They were, what would you say, forlorn. Because they thought it was hopeless. And she goes on to say, for the Lord your God. He is God. He is God in the heavens above. And on the earth beneath. Everyone in the city of Jericho had the exact same evidence that Rahab had. But she was the only one who had faith in God. The only one who saw the evidence and said that there is a God. There is a God in heaven and he is the God of these people. She clearly professed that faith based on the evidence that she had seen. Her faith was rewarded. She and her family were saved. And as part of God's beautiful plan, that, it didn't end there. She, a Gentile, a former prostitute, became an ancestor of Jesus Christ. She was the mother of Boaz, who was the father of Obed, the father of Jesse, the father of David the king. And you know how the lineage continues from there. Rahab was part of that. Rahab's faith 
despite her past sins, were seen as obedience. They were obedience. When Moses and Joshua led the people by faith, they were rewarded. When the people followed by faith, God rewarded them. When Rahab, by faith, obeyed God, by obeying Joshua, by obeying the spies, she was rewarded. We have a lot of resistance to authority in our world today. Much of it is justified because there's a lot of corrupt authority in the world today. Self-serving, self-seeking, foolish authority. But we do have a lot of resistance to authority. And it carries over to people who God has ordained in positions of authority. To be clear, the Jews did turn their backs on the authorities in Egypt. Rahab turned her back on the authorities in Jericho. But by faith, they all submitted to another earthly authority. It takes faith to follow. Moses told men to put blood on the doorpost to protect their firstborn. He told them to walk between two large walls of water. Joshua told the people to march around the city seven times and it would be given to them. None of that, as we have stressed, made any sense in the natural. Why would you have to do such outrageous things? What if these men were wrong? What if Moses was wrong? Well, first of all, the water was standing up on both sides when they got there, so something miraculous had already happened. But what if halfway through, the water would have just collapsed? What if they had marched around Jericho seven times and nothing happened? It wouldn't have changed God's plan. They still would have been delivered from Egypt. They still would have taken possession of the promised land. Abraham's descendants would have in some way, somehow done this. And Christ would have still been born. And we still would have been saved. God has put earthly leaders in place to build and to test our faith. To constantly resist them. To blame them for our circumstances due to pride and selfishness and fear is an act of disobedience. And it is going to cost you. It's going to cost me. It's going to cost us. These leaders are going to get things wrong. I, as a leader, am going to get things wrong. Even Moses eventually did when he struck the rock in the wilderness. And it cost him the privilege of walking into the promised land. There will be times when we are called to a different earthly authority. Possibly due to oppression or abuse, as with the Jews in Egypt. Sometimes due to God's call on our lives, as with Moses and Rahab. That call for us in our reality might be to a different school, a different job, a different church, a different state, Maybe even a different country. 
But we are called to submit to whatever earthly authority we are under by faith. By faith. Now, by faith, as I said, they walked away from the authorities at Egypt. By faith, Rahab turned against the authorities at Jericho. But it was by faith. It was not to serve themselves. It was by faith. At potential great cost to themselves. That's where the faith came in. By faith, not in the new leader, but by faith in God. And we, when we are called to change, when we are called to step into another proverbial umbrella of authority, when we either are called to resist or stay and submit, it will be clear. We will know. Yes, we'll still be unsure at times because some of these things are going to be big asks. But it will be clear. And it will be fruitful. Those fruits might be external and circumstances changing. But they will definitely be, those fruits will definitely be in our hearts despite our circumstances. It also, and not only takes faith to follow, it takes faith to lead. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul wrote, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example that you have seen in us. You, this morning, are a leader in your home, at your school, at your job, in this community, in this church. You are leading someone, somehow, some way. If you don't think you are, you are mistaken. As you lead, seek the faith of Moses, the faith of Joshua, the faith of the spies, the faith of Rahab. Lead for, your, for God's purposes. Lead for God's purposes not your purposes or the world's purposes. And you will be a beautiful part of God's plan. When you lead for God's purposes by faith, you are going to look much different than the world. It is going to be uncomfortable. You are going to face persecution, possibly even death. Fear is going to be pounding at the door. But you are going to see lives miraculously saved, like at the Passover. You are going to part some seas. You're going to see walls come down. You're going to be miraculously delivered from destruction like Rahab. Do not allow Satan to put you in the box that is this life, that is this physical world. By faith, God has a beautiful, magnificent eternity waiting for you. Let's pray.
Father, we come before you this morning, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your provisions. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the opportunities that you have given us. God, like Moses, like Joshua, like Rahab, may we walk by faith in the opportunities that you give us to lead, but also in the opportunities that you give us to follow. Father, may we be seeking your wisdom in the opportunities, in the people that you put in our paths. May we follow by faith, Lord. And by following the people, the authorities that you have placed in our lives, may we see the truth that we are ultimately following your authority, putting our faith and our trust in your authority. And God, by that, may we, may I, may we each overcome fear. Fear is intense. Fear can be powerful, but only, only because we give it power. God, in sending his son in his life, death, and res resurrection, has given the power, all the power we need to destroy fear. But it is when our faith lacks that fear rules. God, may we walk by faith and not by sight as Moses did. May we trust that you have us, that you will carry us, that you will make a way, that the seas will part, the walls will come down, that you will provide, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.